What is up, BCS Fitness? It's Coach Jared and licensed therapist Jeremy Dew joining us once again, um, I think for a very timely podcast. Um, I had mentioned to Jeremy, I think it was about two weeks ago, that I wanted to get back together and discuss some anxiety and just the anxiousness and nervous energy regarding uh, reopening. And as it, luck has it, today was announced that you can get a haircut on Friday. So today is a Tuesday. So if you're listening to this, we just found out we're welcome to go get haircuts. So anyway, um, things are slowly, I will emphasize slowly reopening. And I thought Jeremy would be a great resource if you were dealing with some anxiety or some nervous energy about reopening and your role and your decision. Maybe it's work related, social related. Um, we're just going to start with how do you deal with your own thoughts and emotions regarding reopening? And then we'll kind of expand from there. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, even as Jared and I were talking about this before we, before we get started, I, I think that it's a, it's a fairly common experience right now uh, for folks to feel anxious about um, uh, yes, about what the reopening will mean and and where, you know, what's, what's going to happen with school in the fall and will we have to go back into any kind of shelter in place or will it respread things like that, that have uh, been an ongoing conversation in the news. Um, but I think the other piece that I'm finding a lot of anxiety about is that it felt like for a, a brief minute as a country, we, we quit hating each other so much. Um, and, and, and there was even a, a sense of, you know, at the beginning, we're getting a ton of news, but it's a lot of the news at the beginning, as Jared mentioned this, a lot of it at the beginning was actually like, regardless of the outlet you were going to, you were getting a lot of the same initial information. And, um, you know, as we've gotten further into this, it feels like we're, we're kind of moving back into this place where the news, depending on the outlet you're listening to, is, is beginning to diverge from the others uh, more and more. And, and so I'm finding a lot, of, uh, a lot of anxiety around um, what we're going to do with all this difference again. Um, and, you know, for some, I think there's a lot of panic about if, if, if they're in the camp of um, this is, um, hey, this is a real thing and we're, we're opening too quickly and, you know, we and a few other states are doing this wrong and we should be doing it like these other states. And um, then and there's, there's this very quick movement towards often what feels like moral judgment, which is is often what it sounds like in politics as well is uh, my friends on the liberal side have very strong moral arguments for why they vote for who they vote for. And my friends on the conservative side have very strong moral arguments for why they vote for the people they vote for. And it feels kind of similar um, that we're back in this um, uh, struggle to hold difference or to even <laughs> honor differences among us um and so jared I, I mean i guess your question was more about what do we do with the anxiety individually um i, I think some of it is first we have to hear it we have to we have to hear what uh, we actually have to hear that it is and recognize it as anxiety that um 
sometimes when we're really um, agitated and short or frustrated or um, uh, that, that can have to do with anxiety. Um, I was talking with a, a friend just this afternoon who uh, somebody honked at them for being in the wrong spot. She's like one of the sweetest people in the world. And she was like trying to get in a drive through but not block traffic. And she's like, I would never do this. But I pulled over to the side in my minivan with the kids and was like, are you happy? <laughs> like, and honked at her and drove away. <laughs> she's like, what is happening to me? Um, and I, I think for a lot of us, our anxiety has already been at a, at a pretty high level. And, and so then when we go through a transition, for many of us, that's where anxiety um, really starts to, to get at a fever pitch is anytime we're making a big transition. And so as we're watching ourselves do that culturally, I think it's important for us to just acknowledge kind of where we are and take a pulse for that. And we, we talked about this in the first podcast, but I think it's I think it's actually a helpful thing to create some kind of practices around where we take a pulse for how are we doing today. Um, and um, so that can look like agitation, that can look like um, being more short and snappy, that can be, um, and, and that can also come out like uh, the way that we're choosing to eat or drink um, or uh, our sleep patterns change. Um, that those are places where that naturally comes up. Um, and, for, and, and so that's, I think that's where it begins, is, is even just acknowledging that it's there. And then I think the next piece is beginning to develop some mindfulness around it. And mindfulness is really has to do with the ability to zoom out just a little bit beyond ourselves to begin to notice what we're feeling, what we're thinking. Um, that if we're snapping or really short, that we're, we're just in our feelings. We're, we're, not, we're not able to have a mind about that. And so part of it is how do we, how do we kind of pan out just far enough to see what's, what is going on with me right now? Why do I feel so agitated with my spouse or my kids? Why do I feel um, uh, really clammed up? Or why do I feel this way? What's going on in that? So that's, that's kind of a starting place. Yeah, man. Uh, I think all that's great. One of the main things I think that we're experiencing and why this is timely and you nailed it is transition. So we transitioned quickly, very quickly from normalcy to shutdown. And now we're transitioning and it feels like it's a slower grind towards this transition. It's going to be slower. Obviously, we're not going to flip the switch like we did on the shutdown. And I think that transition is just you know, uh, grinding on us as well. Uh, you mentioned your, you know, like maybe you're getting agitated with your spouse, or your kids. We've been at home a lot. If you have a spouse and children, you've been around them a lot. And one thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit was now we're going to be <clears throat> possibly, if you choose to, I, I think it's important to mention you, you have choices, right? And, and, uh, hopefully you get to have a choice. I know some people are, are put into positions where they're going to feel like they don't have a choice and maybe we can speak to that too. But mm -hmm. as we <clears throat> slowly reopen, we're going to be engaging with people again, uh, maybe of different persuasions. I think when we shut down, we kind of shrunk in a little bit, you know, towards our yeah. family, towards our, mm -hmm. our, our core friendships. 
And maybe if you were still working, you know, you had your coworkers, but now you're going to slowly expand out. And I've, you know, I'll just use Lowe's as an example. Um, I've been to, I think Lowe's is like the epicenter of shelter <laughs> because everybody's doing, uh, doing at home projects, which is great. But um, there has been a lot of news about um, people kind of being anxious and acting out kind of like what you mentioned with your friend who, who did not act like who she normally would be. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that that is showing itself routinely now, just in this brief period that we've had, as far as reopening, I know um, the city of Stillwater, which is near and dear to my heart, um, they, they didn't last 24 hours with a, with a mask uh, policy uh, because mm -hmm. of the way people treated employees at a store. So you can see that that is, that is acting, it's being acted out. Um, and I think, so you had a great point about being mindful and zooming out almost into like a third person um, mm -hmm. view yourself and, and maybe checking in and saying, am I, am I reacting to this situation in a equal way or a appropriate way, or am I overreacting? Am I giving this too much uh, energy, too much uh, intensity, you know, uh, is your behavior matching the real inputs? Um, and some of it's, some of it's obvious like that aggression. Some of it's not like the stuff you mentioned as far as sleep and eating those can yeah. on you. So if you've noticed, you know, Hey, you're just not getting as much sleep. That's going to affect you even more on top of the, uh, anxiety. And then if you're drinking more, that's going to affect you. If you're eating more, you're going to get in those habits. So I think it's very important, like you said, to be mindful. Um, let's, kind of pivot toward I hate that word let's <laughs> reminds me of Ross Geller friends I don't know, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah you know. uh, let's talk about so the people that maybe are experiencing what I was talking about like maybe they don't feel like they have a choice right so maybe their their employer is calling them back to work or or maybe their employer is not and mm -hmm. so there's a lot of stuff that's still outside of their control um I know we're not really here to give like specific advice to what you should do, but maybe like how to think through that and to, to really make a decision that honors what you morally believe or what you believe to be correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, I think this is a big one. And I, I, I think that this piece of even just beginning to acknowledge what we can and can't control is a, is a really important piece to that, that, I think um, I think for a lot of people, when their businesses were forced to shut down, um, somebody somebody kind of took over control in terms of what they felt that they were allowed to do, um, and um, and I think that's that's an aspect of what creates a lot of anxiety for us. And so I I think one piece of this is beginning to really consider what what do I have control over in this? So um, if there's if there is some, uh, I think for, for those of you who are, are being forced to go back to work and, and aren't ready yet to really be looking at what, what do I have control over in this? What are the, what are the controllables for me um, at work? And, and so for, for some of you that might be, do I have room to, um, whatever it is, wear masks? Do I have room to say I'm not, I'm not comfortable going back yet or do I have other options? Um, but really beginning to explore where do I have control um, and where do I not have control? And because I think a lot of times where we get really hung up is trying to control the things that we actually can't control. 
Um, and that's, that's where we, uh, frankly, I mean, I think that's, that's where we get into a lot of, a lot of trouble relationally as well. Um, and so even as we're navigating, um, you know, Jared and I were chatting about this briefly beforehand, but where we're, where we have different perspectives, we're going to have different perspectives than the person we, ne- we work with or, uh, than what our neighbors choose to do or, um, what the person in front of us in the grocery store is choosing to do, um, and uh, this feels like one of those moments where it really highlights, and I think, I think the political climate of 2016 highlighted this as well, that we suck at, uh, at difference. Um, and um, it's, it, it requires a little more, um, <laughs> a little more evolving uh, for us as, as, a, as a culture um, in terms of accepting some difference. Um, and, uh, rather than digging our heels into the idea that I think this way, therefore everyone should think this way, um, is where it creates a lot more conflict. Um, so I think, I think part of the, part of the work for us is really beginning to consider, um, that we have a, we have a perspective that's been deeply informed by our, by our own lives and our own stories. So even for, I'll be honest, I think for me, I'm a little more reticent. I have friends on both coasts and I'm a little more reticent to be all out there and, and ready to reopen my clinic to the fullest degree. Um, and I feel very aware of the fortune that I have of I've been able to work this whole time. Um, I've been seeing clients via telehealth. And so my, my finances have not changed significantly in this moment. And that is not true for a huge portion of the population that is rushing to reopen things because their, their lives, their own stories are being really deeply impacted by things being closed. And so I have this perspective of this is how I survive this pandemic is by, by isolating longer and retreating longer. But that's not how my neighbor is necessarily going to be thinking about surviving this pandemic. They're thinking about putting food on the table. They're, they have other considerations. And if I lose sight on just my own perspective in this, um, then I lose sight. I, I lose. I lose an ability to really connect and deepen my understanding of my neighbor as well. That's really well put, Jeremy. Um, so I'm going to try to. St- I want to go where you were kind of leading us a little bit on that nuance and that perspective, but I kind of want to speak real quick to you know the. Uh, I think what you were really speaking to was your own your own self, your own story, your own experience. And that is very important because that's what's informing your behavior. That's what's informing your thought process for the most part. I mean, you're definitely intaking, uh, you know, news or, or in your case, you've got friends on the coast. Your experience has been completely different than what we've experienced in yeah. Brian Station. So you're, you're exposed to something completely different um, than mm-hmm. what most people have experienced here, not to discount those who have been impacted there have been people impacted here, just not to the same exponential degree that we've seen, you know, in certain like New York. Um, I think one of the biggest things yeah. is kind of the immediacy. So you and myself included, I will include myself in that camp. I have been very lucky. I'm still working. Um, Brad has done a great job of through a transition where we're training online. I mean, things have changed, uh, but not significantly. It's still functioning just mm-hmm. fine at work. Um, we, we are definitely working different. We are definitely, I, I think working more. 
Um, but I'm happy. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do that. I'm fortunate. Um, that is not what some of my friends are experiencing. So my, uh, my impression and your, I think you spoke to this, your impression of what is immediate to you is a little bit different than what is immediate to maybe someone who hasn't had work for six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it is. And, you know, through no, no fault of their own. That's the one thing I think we need to remember. No one's at fault. I think we're starting to see people blame. No one decided that this virus should be here. No one, no, you know, and you could get into all of it if you really want to go down the rabbit hole about who made what decisions and all that. But really, you didn't, you know, we didn't ask for that. We didn't make a wrong decision as a, as an individual that puts us here. So it's difficult when that happens to assign blame and assign a, a fault and, and find a, a corrective action because it's really not an easy answer at all for any of it. So I think being patient with people as we slowly integrate back in, understanding that their experience isn't your experience and, and having some grace. I think grace is going to be in a very important uh, part of this um, uh, reopening. I have personally felt, uh, I won't, you know, use names, but you know, I've seen stuff and I'm just like, man, what? How are they? I'm like, and I just want to, you know, especially when you're on the internet, I, I, I have, I don't really engage on social media outside of being fun and silly. Um, but you know, those tensions rise up and I'm like, you're so wrong, but really they just have a different, they may or may not be wrong. That doesn't, that's not the point. They're, they're being informed from a different experience and a different story and, and their immediacy is completely different than mine. So I think honoring that, understanding that can go a long way to allowing you to not get so stressed out and so, and, and really trying to, and, and hammer those nails that you really don't have any control over at all. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I think it even feels important for us to consider when we have really strong opinions that are different than someone else's to really begin to consider how did my opinion change on things? Like as, as I have developed as a person, my, I, I hold different opinions than I did when I was 16 years old. And um, that change didn't come about by someone sending me a, a, a really rude response. <laughs> I, I have never once changed a political opinion because of someone's post on my post. Um, that's never, I don't, I don't know that that's ever happened to anyone, but we still fall prey to it, right? Like it's, it's such a common struggle among us. And I think the I think the ways that the ways that I have changed my perspective have been from kind and curious others, like people that are outside of my normal experience, um, that that have that have created space for us to have a real dialogue. Um, and I, I I can think of a number of times, even just my first couple of years of moving here from Washington State where I had all very, very, well, we were, we were a, a very very large group of liberal friends. That's, I mean, and, and moving here and making f close friends that had really different perspectives and realizing that like so often we, we actually were wrestling with the very same values, but we just fell in different places on how we addressed those values. And um, but that required a lot of humility for both of us to say, I feel so staunch in my opinion on this, and I am showing up to show you who I really am in this 
but I'm, I want to leave space for you to show up as well, um, to be curious about where you are in that. And I think that's the piece that I feel like we really struggle with is that curiosity um, and the, the grace that you're talking about um, for one another of why we're making the decisions we're making that we, we don't actually know. Even if, even if someone's posting something on Facebook, it's really easy to, uh, in some ways, objectify them or put them in a box of, this is, oh, I know who you are. Um, you're, you're the, you know, you're the liberal with the tattoos and, you know, <laughs> that's, that's who you are. And I know everything you believe about. Um, and, and as we get into relationship more with people, we, I think we come to see where we're, we're actually, um, we have a lot of um, commonality as well. And um, this is just, I think this is one of those times where, um, perspective and um, curiosity for each other um, with, with a lot of grace is, is going to go a long ways. I think so too. And, and um, I just had a thought that was going to finish that and then lead us into the next one. Um, oh, uh, you were talking about uh, making argument, you know, making arguments on Facebook and you probably never <laughs> opinion and maybe <laughs> happened in the history of humanity. Um, I think one thing we can take away as an individual uh, regarding that idea is basically we have enough energy demands right now on us, you know, we, between work, if you've got a family, if you, if you got bill, you got enough going on. Don't waste energy trying to make someone believe your opinion or make someone think you're right. It's not worth your time or your effort. What is worth your time and your effort is to, like Jeremy was saying, be curious, be graceful. If you choose to engage, make it a positive experience and maybe you learn something, maybe they learn something. But if it's not going to be a positive experience, disengage. There's no reason that you have mm -hmm. to engage. Nothing says you have to engage. I think that's important. And that's one thing I have to remind myself constantly when I see things that kind of trigger me a little bit, I don't, you know, that's a loaded word. Um, but get, get those emotions riled up is I have to say, Jared, do you have to read this? Do you have to respond to this? And the answer is no, I don't. So I think if you can get into that space of, I don't have to engage, I don't have to prove why I believe what I believe to anyone. If someone's curious and is graceful to me and treats me with humility and we have a genuine conversation, Great. I think that actually provides a lot of positive energy, but don't let people drag you down and think you have to engage. You're not losing. I think a lot of people think they're losing. You're not. You're winning. Okay. You're eliminating that wasted energy and effort and trauma, drama and maybe even trauma. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I would just encourage people to, to don't engage in, in a lot of negative that's what's happening now and kind of jeremy's been talking about a lot you know going back political differences we're seeing that as we as we build towards this transition to opening it's getting more and more polarized and it's getting more and more uh, uh contentious and and just unnecessarily so so let's kind of take that tangent of maybe the nuance and the perspective and now instead of thinking about just ourselves kind of how do we engage, we've just kind of spoken to it a little bit, but how do we think about or engage more with society? Now that we're opening society slowly back up, we have to be, we have to engage a little bit. I mean, there are things we're going to have to engage in. So how do we, how do we view that um, if the world's not really doing what we think it should do, I guess? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, um, I think for me is it, it's been this process and it really feels like this has kind of been changing week to week even of trying to locate where I am in all of this. Um, and um, I, I feel like in, in every decision, there's, there's, um, there's this imaginary audience of um, how would others feel about the decision I'm making. And um, I actually think, I think sometimes that has some merit. Um, I think that, I think sometimes that can lead us to more of a um, communal mindset of how, how would I be perceived um, and whatever that is, how would I be perceived making this decision on behalf of my family? I, I, um, but I, I think that I first have to kind of find some, I have to locate myself and what are the voices in this and what, what are they actually saying about, about me um, and who I am in this? And, um, and then I, I think it's also been a process of just kind of locating my values in this of, um, of what, what do I want to value in this as I'm like, making decisions for myself and for my family, for my clients, for um, our clinic. Um, and then the other piece is that anytime we can find a way to locate ourselves and kind of feel more firmly planted in this is the decision I'm making, um, we, we will often find someone else that will bump up against us in that. And where that immediately shuts things down is when we find ourselves extremely defensive. And, um, and so I think part of our work is even just to notice our defensiveness. I think even just being able to notice that in a conversation or um, as we react to what others are doing, um, I think being, uh, being able to begin to identify where we feel defensive um, I think the reality is we, we know some information, but we actually don't, and this, what this is drawing up for all of us is we don't actually have control. Like the reality is this, this pandemic, if anything, is showing us as a culture that we thought we had a lot more control over things than we did. And, um, and, and in many ways, this pandemic is not discriminating, <laughs> like in terms of socioeconomic status or um, political leanings or any of that. And, um, and so in those places, I think we're all, we've all kind of, this is scratching the surface of some of our vulnerabilities as a culture that we, we, we think we have a little more than we actually do. And, um, and I think that vulnerability is what we tend to protect when we get really defensive. So when I've made a decision and whatever that is, if I've made a decision that Anytime my family goes out, we're all going to wear masks. And we run into people in the grocery store who are not wearing masks. Um, I have to be aware of what's, the, what's, what's going on for me in this. And, um, and if I'm feeling, it's often my, my judgment of someone else is coming out of a response of, of defensiveness about my own decision and the reality that I feel vulnerable even in the decisions that I'm making. That makes sense. Um, so I think part of our work is even just to begin to notice that, that, that all of us are a little more vulnerable right now 
And all of us are, are, are working to make thoughtful decisions around this. And, um, and I think the more that we can be open to others' perspectives, um, one, I think the more community, the more, um, the more of a sense of camaraderie we'll feel in this process. And, and two, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for us to actually change, um, to, to hear the nuance, to understand that this is, this is complex. This is not a really simple straightforward decision around everything that we're doing. Um, I think even for, for people who are holding very strongly on one side or the other are still breaking <laughs> their own rules at different times because we're still human in this. Um, yeah. so I, I, I don't know. That's some of my thoughts around um, what tends to happen is, is um, that we, we get defensive quickly um, but that tends to come out of a place where we feel vulnerable and we feel like we have something that needs defending. Um. Yeah. Um, so definitely, I, I can definitely identify with that vulnerability. Um, and one of the things that I was just, the imagery coming to my head was maybe, you know, like a, a cornered animal or a wounded animal. How, yeah. how do they act out? They either run and hide or maybe they play dead or, or they get aggressive. Okay. So there's going to be a lot of different responses Okay, not everyone's going to be aggressive. Some people are going to retract. Um, some people are going to, you know, run. Um, I've had that, you know, that's an inclination that comes up into my head. Like, we, I just got to get out of here. Like, I went to Colorado Bend State Park because I just needed to get outside. And it's, it's cert. So I kind of, I'll start quick. One of the things that I also thought when you, as you were speaking, um, was you were talking about kind of, making decisions and thinking through those decisions and how do you, how do you do that? And you definitely want to think through like, okay, if I decide to do X and it, it is going to be a public decision, like where someone else is going to see the decision and maybe the ramifications you, you want to think through like, okay, how's that going to, how's that going to go over? doesn't mean you have to take that response into consideration as your decision maker, but you want to be prepared uh, for the potential re response, uh, so that you're not caught off guard. Okay. I think sometimes we get caught off guard. We think everybody thinks the way we do. We make a decision. We think it's obvious. It's not, it's very nuanced to you. It's obvious, but it's not obvious to everyone else. And so when someone, when someone rebuts us, we're, we're one caught off guard and we're like, this is obvious. And then we get defensive real quick. So having that extra, maybe one to two steps of, okay, this is the potential fallout from this decision. I still agree with my own decision. And here's why gives us some confidence in that decision. And it also allows us to accept maybe the uh, rebuttals that we're going to get with a little bit less uh, aggressive reaction. But virtue was something that I was really thinking about. If you, if you know your virtues, if you know why you're making the decision and you're doing it for a virtuous reason, it's a lot more confidence and um, comfortability, I guess, would be maybe the right word for that decision. You're not, so you're not blowing in the wind of society. You're saying, no, I have this virtue. I'm, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't even have to be around COVID, but mm -hmm. I'm making this decision based on this virtue. Mm -hmm. That gives you support. That gives you, uh, you know, and not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to go combat and go run around screaming the streets about my virtues. But when someone says, hey, I disagree with you, you can say, that's great. But I know where I made that decision from and I stand behind it or say, Oh, I didn't really think that through. Maybe I should give this some thought. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I, think, I think there's an important piece in this is, um, that, that we seem to lose sight of, especially in social media, is that not everyone has earned the right to hear your virtues. <laughs> like, I think we think that that's something that everyone should know. I mean, often that when we feel strongly about a decision we've made or something we very passionately have a lot of faith or belief in, it's something that we feel everyone needs to know. And um, I, I don't think everyone's earned that right. That's actually fairly sacred. Like these are, these are decisions that we're trying to make. You know, when I think about the decisions I'm making for my, for my family or for myself, um, that those are, are fairly personal. And not to say that some haven't earned that right, but average Joe in the grocery store um, who's, who's making a comment about my decision I think there's ways we can respond to that. I, I, I think about when, when I had my first son, um, Brady's now almost 11, and we were in the uh, grocery store. And it seemed that, I, I, think, I don't know if this is true more so of fathers, but it seemed like there were a lot of people that wanted to give me input on what I was doing in my parenting in a moment or oh, he's so cute. It'd be so nice if he had, you know, his socks on. It's so cold in here. Or, you know, they make comments through the baby of the things that I'm doing wrong. And I found that one of the responses that was really helpful to me was, oh my gosh, thank you so much for your concern. And then I would just walk away. And it was really helpful to have some script ready for, I am not going to engage in this. I, I don't know you from Adam. And so, it, it was a really, I leaned back on that script a few times. Another time where I left my dog in the truck for 10 minutes with the windows closed and it was Washington 60 degree weather, but somebody felt like I was killing my dog. And, and I said, oh my gosh, thank you so much for your concern. And I roll the windows down and we're off and running and I'm not talking to this person anymore. Um, but I think sometimes we feel this pressure that we need to defend ourselves. Um, and it, typically if we're defensive, as some of you can probably attest in your intimate relationships, if we're really defensive, no one's hearing anyone. <laughs> I think we talked about this last time. No one's hearing anyone in those moments. Um, so it's, it, it might not be worth it, but, but I think it does feel helpful to kind of ground ourselves around our virtues, your values, as we're making these decisions. And I, I think this does feel like a unique moment in time where it's helpful for us to consider why are we making the decisions we're making. Yeah, I think a great point there was, that that script that you that you thought through uh, that you prepared was uh, both cathartic, I believe, for you because you were <laughs> different than what the words were actually coming out of your mouth, and it's very disarming, right? Like, the, what's the person going to say? Like, yeah. they can't yeah. prove that you don't mean what you say. So, having a have, just having something like that, a simple um, script, especially as you're navigating. Um, a lot of different strong opinions. I, I, yeah, and you're definitely right. You don't need to run around and say, like, I chose to do this because of this and this and this. I had a grandfather that was great about doing that. He loved, he thought the world should know. He would call, uh, he would call David Boren, who was a state senator. And I think, um, and I was just like, you know, and it's almost kind of like, where, why do you think, one, you uh, have to do that? And then two, like you really did a great job of pointing out why does this person deserve or have, have how have they earned that energy or that, that engagement? 
So just kind of picking where you're going to engage. Um, I think being flexible a little bit, like having goalposts is kind of what I was getting at. You want to, you want to have some, some rigidity. You want to have goalposts, virtues, whatever um, you're serving in, in your decisions, but being also flexible. And if something challenges those decisions and maybe challenges that virtue specifically, so I think sometimes we make a decision and we do it really well intended. We do it based on virtue, but we're wrong. We find out there's actually a better decision that serves our virtue. And that gets really weird, right? Like when that happens, you're kind of like, you feel kind of like, man. And what I've noticed when that happens is the quicker I deal with that, the quicker I engage with that and sit with it and think about it and, and just mull through it and work through it and don't like dwell on, don't ignore it, but work through it and maybe change position just a little bit because it better serves what I was intending to, to, to do anyway, the better off, the more I dig in and the more resistant I get, um, the more agitated and the more defensive I get. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I don't even Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see, we about 25 minutes, which is great. You and I can probably talk for hours. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Let's do the last one. So, um, we were talking about perspective and nuance. I think one thing that's definitely important and I felt like we were there, you know, you mentioned this very early on, like when we first shut down the, the news sources were mostly, I mean, you can go back and do Monday morning quarterback and pick out cherry pick what you want, but mostly People were looking for similar information. We were in a very similar place. A lot of our control was taken from us, whether you were the business owner, whether you were the boss or the employee, whatever your position in life, people were mostly being affected in a very similar fashion. We were, you know, um, uh, I think I listened to a podcast where a person said it felt kind of like 9-11 felt, right? We were all yeah. galvanized and we were all kind of engaged in the same same place and the same thoughts and the same concerns. And we were just w more united, I guess, um, which is fitting since we are the United States, but we're starting to fracture again. You've, you've already spoken to this. So one thing I think is important when you're thinking through, especially something like this, where your decision does not just affect you, it affects others that you are maybe unaware of. This happens all the time. I think it's just a heightened, uh, time for this. Um, and that is kind of thinking above and beyond ourselves, something bigger, a bigger purpose. Um, when you're making decisions, I think that will help serve you actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said it really well. I, I, um, and I, I think part of where we grow in our awareness of that is in these deeper conversations with people that we trust. Um, with people that have earned the right to have these dialogues of, of how does my decision, we're, we're talking about this as an, as an office, um, we, uh, we're all kind of making our own decisions around when clients will be able to return to our offices and, um, and just the realization of, oh, if my office mate decides that he's ready to have someone <clears throat> come back into the office much earlier than I was prepared, that, that has an impact on, on me and, uh, you know, everything being sanitary and all of those things, right? Like, so um, uh, I, I think that feels true um, in, you know, our decisions to wear masks or not wear masks and, um, 
So I think, I think a lot of that is really um, so much of what we're talking about as an office is let's have an honest dialogue. <laughs> like if you're making this decision um, and we're all therapists, we like are thoughtful people for a living. So, <laughs> so I, I, I realize like we're probably, I mean, in, in some ways decent at this already. Um, we, we went to school to do this kind of stuff. Um, but um, even, even here, like, realizing there's a lot of difference in the office. And so wondering about how do we begin to have open dialogues around um, the decisions that we make and, and understanding that, um, you know, as you're speaking to something that's bigger than ourselves, I, I think about, you know, the, the places that are bigger than ourselves that we might not know anyone in our direct sphere that, um, that's been impacted by this virus or that, that, is, um, that we know of is immunocompromised or that is more, a more vulnerable population in this. And yet they do share a lot of the spaces that we share on a regular basis. And so if we don't have that in our direct purview or in our, in, in our direct vicinity, sometimes we just lose sight of that and we make decisions based on kind of what's right in front of us. And so I think that's where this, uh, this bind that I think we're in culturally is we, we suck at having conversations with people that are really different than us. And there's even algorithms on Facebook that prevent us from having those different conversations. Well, this, this is not something you'd want to read based on the other things that you would post or things that you would like. And I think we're kind of doing that culturally as well, but that becomes problematic in something that's impacting our whole community. Um, so maybe one of the challenges is who, who, might, who might I talk with that's a bit different than my perspective and how might I come to that conversation with curiosity about how they're making the decision and, and how my decisions might impact them. That, um, and that, that might be someone as simple as a neighbor or, or a coworker or it might be in your own home of you and your spouse have different opinions or you and your roommates if you're if you're in school right now, your roommates are doing different things. I'm, I'm seeing that a lot with the students I'm working with, that some of the students that I'm working with are taking it very seriously and the roommates are having the time of their life. And, and so that creates a lot of complication with like, how do we, now we're in shared space and what do we, how do we even begin to talk about this? Um, and we tend to just, we tend to just retreat and, and judge because that's a lot safer than stepping into conflict and with the possibility that, we could be changed or that we could be wrong or <laughs> that, that our, um, our judgments might be, uh, might be misguided. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to connect more in this. Um, we just have to do it with a sense of openness and awareness of our defensiveness. Um, and again, that's, I think that's with the people we trust, the people that are in our community. And if your community is very narrow and they all think like you and look like you and, and make the same decisions as you, I, I, have, I, have a, I have a feeling you're, you're going to make pretty similar decisions. You're not going to move too far from, from, uh, from the current needle, right? So um, I think that's where this could be helpful is, is maybe choosing to have a few different conversations with people. I mean, I think that's really great advice. A lot of good advice wrapped up in that. Um, kind of a quick, I, don't, I didn't intend to do this, but you brought it up a little bit. So I thought of this um, in speaking to your last point. Uh, Brad's done a good job with us. And I'm sure, you know, you spoke to it at your office as well as having honest conversations um, and, and avoiding groupthink. Um, no one has a definitive answer. And if you think you do, 
you have the best answer that you have. You don't actually have the best answer for everyone. No one has that. I, I mean, it would be much easier if there was that, if that answer existed, I think we would have it and it would be coming down from a higher place. Right. But part of the problem or part of the struggle now is before, um, and it wasn't fun. It wasn't easy, but people were telling us, you can't go to work. Your business is shut down. A lot of that was pulled away. We didn't have to make a decision. We just kind of like, well, okay, we've got to pivot. We've got to change. We got to, you know, we can't do anything. Now it's kind of like, okay, you can do X, Y, Z. And then you have to decide how you're going to actually do X, Y, Z. So now there's a lot of uh, agency and a lot of control that's be giving back to people. And what, you know, what I, what, what I decide or what Jeremy decides might be different and really understanding okay, he made a different decision than I did. Doesn't mean he's necessarily wrong. Okay. He just might have a different uh, place that he's coming from. He could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. Anybody could be wrong, but he, you know, I think being slow to that judgment, you speak, you spoke to judgment earlier, slow to that judgment, uh, understanding that we all are trying. I believe most of us anyway, the majority of people are trying to do the best they can to speak to the immediacy of whatever their situation is. Um, and I think it's also helpful. We were, we were talking about higher purpose. Sometimes when you're struggling to make these decisions and you're, you're weighing like, man, this would be easier if I did it this way, but you might not have like a piece about it, or you might not, you might be struggling with, I don't know if that's right. Sometimes removing yourself and thinking, okay, what would be the best decision for all or for most or for the, you know, people around me? kind of takes a little bit of that angst away or that, that gnawing away and says, okay, well, I'm just making this decision to serve a higher purpose. And I'll give you a little bit, I think, you know, you're, you're, you're not just inserting yourself, you're inserting others into the decision, um, which brings about a little bit of a catharsis, a little bit of a peace in the decision. Does that make, I, I don't, I don't know. That yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm at least following you. I don't know if everybody else listening is, but I'm, I'm with you, man. <laughs> and concerns. So man, we did another 45 minutes. Awesome. I like Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh, so guys, um, it's, it's timely. It's uh, transition is here. Um, Jeremy was speaking to that. That's kind of what we wanted to talk about. I want to give Jeremy a real quick chance he is available. As he said, he hasn't stopped working, um, doing telehealth. So Jeremy, if you would real quick, if people have the, the need to reach out, uh, could you give a little information on how to get in touch with you? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, a clinic with, there's 25 therapists in our group. We're called um, the Oakwood Collaborative. And then we have a, a lower fee cash pay clinic um, across the street called Oakwood Roots. Um, and uh, some of us work with insurance, some of us don't, um, but um, we, we, have, we have a lot of availability. So um, there's, um, uh, most of us are doing full telehealth, uh, though some of us are integrating back into some in-person. There's some, some restrictions around that, but as essential workers, we can have that, um, that decision that we're all making. So um, you can reach out to us on our website. That's probably the easiest way. And it's just oakwoodcounseling.com. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you doing this again with us. Um, hopefully things 
you know, continue to go in the right direction and maybe people can take something useful from our podcast. Uh, get guys, uh, BCS fitness is still up and running. We're doing pretty much the same thing. Jeremy's doing um, a little bit different business, but we're doing it all virtual. So if you are in need of some physical training help or get some nervous energy out, there's, that's a really good way to help manage stress during these transitions is to, is to focus on your uh, physical health as well as your mental health. So that's what we're here to do is we're here to serve just like Jeremy's here to serve. Um, that's what we're here to do. So please reach out if we can be helpful in any way. Uh, we appreciate you listening to this podcast and we hope you got something useful out of it.